Hello, hello. Welcome to Tuckered Out with me, Ami Tucker. I had the most fun today talking to this guest. And I actually heard about her via Lily Singh's IG page. And you guys know that girl promotes the best people. Dr. Tanya Narendra is your friendly, sex-positive, Oxford-trained millennial doctor based in India. And she wants to help answer all your questions. From sex to masturbation to your period to body image issues. She wants to normalize these conversations and empower young men and women all over India and the world with the right knowledge and the confidence to understand their bodies. She also has a new book coming out focusing on tweens that talks about all of these topics and we get into the story behind that. I absolutely love what she's doing. I think it's so important uh, that these topics are talked about, especially in a country like India where a lot of things are brushed under the rug. And I fell in love with her. I think you will too. Please enjoy my interview with Dr. Tanya Narendra. So what are you doing in Austin? My partner lives in Austin, so um, my book is coming out next month, which means the next couple of months I'm going to be completely tied up with traveling for work. Okay. Which meant that a U.S. trip was not going to happen, so I figured... The only time I could see him is before uh, the book. So here I am. This is where I wrote my book. So I wanted to bring it back here, put it on that table. It's still, you know, completing the circuit. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, let's jump into it then. The book. Let's go for it. Let, let's talk about this book, the impetus for writing it. How was the process? And tell us about it. <laughs> I, I don't quite know how the idea for it happened. I think somebody in one of my comments had mentioned you should write a children's book. And I was like, huh. That's interesting. I should write a children's book. But the thing is, I have no experience with children at all. So I don't quite know how to talk to them. It's a very bizarre thing to say. No, but- it's not. I didn't know until <laughs> I had my own. So don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I felt like those comments kept coming in. And somebody at Penguin Random House India, who was my publisher, saw those comments. And then they reached out to me and they were like, do you want to do a book with us? And that changed the course of my life. Interesting. <laughs> So, why children's book? So, the uh, comment started because I posted a story that where I was explaining um, periods using like a fairy tale, which, you know, in faraway uterus land, then there's, you know, a little Miss Overy who had daughters and things like that. Yep. So, it it just, I think, you know, once you, if you read that post, it's it's quite, it's quite an instant connection to think of like a children's style format. Right. The thing is that um, I know that a lot of people are not okay with excuse me, this kind of content for children. Okay. And I thought it might be, you know, unnerving for a lot of people because I don't think we're there really in India at the moment to right. have that sort of conversation. I think it'll take a couple more years. Okay. Certain parts are really growing, but for the mass audience, I, do, I don't think we're there yet. And I don't want to push it too much, you know, that there's a backlash then we kind of lose the whole process. We kind of lose the whole momentum we built up in the past couple of years. Well, you know, I have an eight-year-old turning nine. Oh, sweet. Um, and she's already asking me about things she's hearing. She asked me about sex just, just oh, wow. the other day. 
Because, you know, she's hearing it from friends who have older siblings and girls are getting their periods really early, you know, 10, yeah. 11 years old. Yeah. And so I'm assuming when you mean my children, you know, you're, you're talking, referring to girls that are like eight, nine, 10, 11, like it's because there's tons of books here, right? In the States yeah. that address these issues for her age and, and uh, you know, older. It's fucking fantastic that you are doing it for India. First of all, I don't even think women our age or, you know, in the 23rd, I mean, no one talks in India, it feels like no one talks about anything. And I want to ask you how that's changing. But I think it's so important that little girls know what this all means. I don't know what the stats were. I, I was working with a, a nonprofit in India and girls not knowing what their period is or what sex is um, and having no clue up until like it all happens is ridiculous. I think it's a very polar situation. So in India, there is no discussion of this. And in the US, there's like a hypersexual environment, but people don't know shit, very yeah. honestly. Um, I remember in August in Austin itself, I was doing a workshop with a couple of women. Most of them were from the Indian tradition, but, you know, they were, you know, American women as well. Okay. And uh, a lot of them, they were all in their, like, 30s, 40s, 50s, things like that. So, like, not young women. Right. And a lot of them had no idea about that we have two holes, you know, that one to pee from, one, like, one is the vagina. We don't pee from the vagina. That was such a revelation to a lot of them. And in this hypersexualized environment, um, I made all of them just chant the word vagina a couple of times. And that was so radical to them, you know, even in this kind of an environment. So we have like very polar opposite situations, but the actual information situation is dismal on both ends, especially given the fact that most states in the U.S. don't require you to have medically accurate sex education given to people in schools. Right. So... It, it globally, it's such a shame. And like a lot of my inspiration for this kind of content, this kind of work stemmed from when I was in the UK. Okay. So I did my master's in um, assisted reproduction. So like IVF, IUI, things like this. Right. And uh, I went to Oxford, which I thought was like a really, I mean, it, it is a really elite institution, don't get me wrong. But I thought that a lot of people there would know everything about, you know, sex and like the biological aspect of it. Right. And, you know, the smartest people of the world were <laughs> just sitting there absolutely clueless, doing nothing. Right. And um, my, my experience sort of in contrast with the UK and India, I realized that we have it bad everywhere. <laughs> you know, it feels like, I mean, a lot of these countries, but, you know, they're so, they're built and based on religion, uh, the UK and the US, on Christianity and Catholicism. Um, and so... It was kind of a taboo subject kind of from the beginning, uh, you know, when, when at least when the, the U.S. was starting to grow. And so I still think that's part of our DNA a little bit in this country. Um, India is a whole other uh, reason, but and I think the U.K. is the same way, right? It's, there's such a strong religious base. I, I think that's part of it. Rewind a little bit. You grew up in India. What part of India did you grow up? Was it a typical Indian family? Like, are your parents, you know, the Indian parents that never talked about sex? Or was it different in your house? Both my parents are fertility doctors. So ah, that changes the conversation right away. That changes uh, it right there. Okay, got it. Discussing a semen analysis of a patient over dinner is routine, you know, dinner table conversation. So <laughs> Very cool. Um, 
it was quite interesting because uh, when I was in class eight, no, class six or something like that, like I was quite young, uh, my parents gave me a DVD that explained what sex is, like, you know, what an orgasm is, and uh, this is the way bodies change, and this is what arousal is, and these are things you're going to experience in, like, the next couple of years. Um, so, we know this is going to be an awkward conversation, and you're never going to come to us to ask these questions, so here's all the information you need. And I felt like that said, what I always say is that my parents taught me what sex-positive doctors were before I knew what sex-positive doctors were. My my brother was like the sex ed guy in, in his school. And then, you know, I grew up and became a sex ed woman. So. <laughs> That's so, so is your brother a doctor as well? No. Okay. <laughs> he, okay. The furthest thing from a doctor. Uh, he's okay. like an entertainment guy. So. Um, okay. So were you shocked when they gave it to you? Were you like, what the hell? <laughs> I was expecting it, very honestly. Okay. <laughs> I was expecting something like this to happen because uh, the first time I had my period, I don't know, I think my mom knew it was going to happen. She must have seen stains on my underwear or whatever. Um, she showed me, hey, this is a bad day when I have a period. This is what happens in a period. And bless her heart, I know she's coming from a good place, but she told me, you know, your endometrium is getting shed off. You're like, what <laughs> does that mean? Am I dying? Which, feel, which it feels like In, in response yes. to hormonal changes. And I knew hormonal changes were a bad thing because my mom was going through menopause at that time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's always fun. Blended time in the Copersy household. So <laughs> I knew like conversations with the, like these were coming up. I knew like stuff is happening to me and things like that. So and I knew how frank my parents were. I think my dad explained boobs to me. So, you know, it was a very chill environment in general. That's a, that's totally like I haven't heard that's not a common story there. Or in a lot of homes. Yeah. And like I, I find it quite surprising that um even after this kind of a background, this kind of an environment, I went to a typical Indian environment when I went to medical school. And, you know, I was surrounded by people with a sort of not as uh, progressive, I don't know, not as a comfortable mindset with the idea of periods and sex and things like that. So when right. I went to see my brother in the UK on a holiday when I was 21 or something, I got my period the day I landed. And the very first thing I did was I told my brother I need to go to the pharmacy. And he's like, why? I said, no, but yeah, I need to go to the pharmacy. He's like, why? What's up? Tell me what medicines do you need? We're both children of doctors. We have every medicine in the house you need. I was like, no, I need to go to the pharmacy. And, you know, I was just being very shifty right. about it. <laughs> right, right. And uh, my brother's like, are you in your period? Because I bought like a bunch of like pads and tampons because I didn't know what you would use. And you're Aww. coming for two weeks, so you might need something. And that was such a simple act, but it was so radical in my yeah, head. It was just it like, is. Oh. Boys do not <laughs> think about this stuff. Even I have a brother who's a doctor, and I don't think he's ever done that. That helps. That helps. <laughs> that really helps. <laughs> so then after Oxford, where did, did you go back to India or did you stay in the UK? Um, I stuck around for another year because I really enjoyed UK and so cultural and such a nice place and such wonderful people. The healthcare system is fantastic, which is right. extremely glaring when I'm right now when I'm living in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I decided to stick around for another year so I could get my license to practice in the UK as well. Okay. And uh, the minute I got that, I was like, hey, time for a holiday. Let's go to India and chill for a month and party. And yeah. Uh, yeah, the pandemic hit a month later. So, <laughs> Of course it did. Yes, changed everything. 
<laughs> I changed everything. And I had started my account like while I was doing my licensing exam, so in 2019. Okay. But I was doing like three months in India, three months in the UK, three months in India, three months in the UK. So I was quite trapped at keeping up with it. And um, 2020, I was like, yeah, I have all the time in the world. And, you know, I work at a fertility center, so we didn't get like really okay. heavy COVID cases. Most of my cases were cancelled, honestly, other than general obstetrics. So, you know, people right. coming in for having babies. So my, my load was like, I'm very lucky that I didn't experience like the typical load that a lot of doctors experienced during COVID. And I right. had all the time in the world. Uh, so I started creating content and then somewhere, I, I don't know, like just things happened out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I have a silly question. Your first name is Tanya, correct? Is what is your it's last Thanea. name? Tanea. Tanea. Yes. And then what is doc, your, but your IG, your social media name is Dr. Cuterus? Cuterus? Cuterus. It's like uterus. a uterus, but it's a cute uterus because it's supposed oh, to be a... Oh, <laughs> I was like, maybe it's the Indian name, my last name I haven't heard of. And I was like, what part of India is uterus from? Is that South Indian, North Indian? Yeah, I was literally oh, going yeah. through like a dictionary. I was like, maybe it's in this like UP state I don't know about. I don't know. I was trying everything. Okay, <laughs> so it's cuter- Dr. Cuterus. Very cute. I get it now. Thank you very much. So, uh, okay, but that is not your official last name. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. No. Okay. I mean, it should be. I think it's pretty amazing. Okay, got it. So, so you were in India, COVID hits, and you started social meeting it up. And is this when it started growing the whole social media page, the every, everything you've been doing up till now on Instagram and everything else? So I started my account on 28th of May 2019. Okay. And then until 28th of May 2020, I was like, I was putting out content, but it was still, I didn't know how content worked and things like that. Right, right. Then I went for it. I did an Instagram live with a couple of Bollywood celebrities because of a yep. brand one of my menstrual cups. And right. wow, that, that blew things up for me. And then I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to, like, public medical education, I, the NHS changed my worldview in terms of how doctors can help explain conditions to their patients because that's right. not something I've ever seen. I don't know if you've uh, had if you've had any interaction with the medical professionals in India, but they're super talented. They do extremely excellent, fabulous work. Right. Indian doctors are incredible and you know they just train really, really well. But we also grew up in a very paternalistic environment where we are where we make decisions on behalf of our patients. Right. And you know that that bodily autonomy is not really a concept that's ingrained into us. Okay. I saw that in the NHS, you know, doctors would take a whole, like it would be a one-hour consultation where the doctor would explain the diagnosis and that was so radical to me, you know. Such a stupid wow. thing, this is radical to me. No, <laughs> makes sense. It makes sense. You're not used to it. <laughs> and I think that kind of uh, set in place my idea of public medical education. And I always wanted to do it. I just didn't know how to go about it. Right. And then Instagram was a game changer and then, you know, Things happened again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you expect to grow this big? Because oh, I mean, gosh, you, grew, no. you, grew, you grew big pretty fast. I remember I used to tell my mom that, Mom, one day you watch, I'm going to have 10,000 followers. And she was like, oh, rubbish. You're a doctor. Nobody's going to listen to you. Instagram is full of influencers. You know, they, they want to look at like pretty pictures. You're going to post pictures of uteruses. Who's going to watch it? And like, you know, she supported my work, but she thought it was ridiculous right. that... <laughs> 
you know. Yeah, I, I it's kind of like, you know, in their minds, like, how d- is this content going to be educational and entertaining? Because it has to be both. Yeah. Right? Like, you can't you can't just educate people. That's not what social media is for. You, ha- you have to entertain. <laughs> and so it's a tricky situation in, in terms of what you want to share, right? And how do you do it? But I went through your Instagram and, and your reels and I'm like, it's so, it's genius how you're doing it. It's, oh, thank it's so, you. That's fa- so, so fantastic. I feel like you're probably one of the first to do it this way, correct? To talk about sex education in this way and for an Indian audience. There are a couple of really cool sex educators in India as well. Um, but I feel like the, the, the difference in my content is that I have a lot of medical work as well in there. So like, um, right. I will talk about reproductive and menstrual health as well. So I feel like that's what's different from the uh, general. I, I don't know what it's, it's, it's very difficult to have perspective on your own work. I, think. <laughs> I know, I know. But I do think, you know, you have a witty way that you're presenting it, in a, in a, which is, you know, the, the mix of intelligence and humor. With this kind of topic, people really need that to digest it. You know, yeah. you know, you can't be just humor and it can't be just education. So I think you're doing a great combination of both. I know you have guests on there coming on. And I think also people relate to you. You seem you're so relatable. You're so like, fuck it. This is me. Like, I love your whole thing on body image and just how do you wear a bikini? You you put it on and that's it. It's great. And, and again, I don't know the India, uh, India's content in terms of how what's what's going on there in terms of sexual revolution for women and body image and all that stuff. And I would love to hear from you, but it feels like it's still somewhat new there. It's, it's definitely still happening here, but is it, is it happening there? Is there some kind of sexual awakening revolution and in, in, for your generation and younger? And uh, are people talking more about body image? Of course, thank you so much for your kind words. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like there's been an underground sexual revolution in India. Okay. The context I always give to this is that there was a film that came out when I was eight or nine. It was called Raja Hindustani. And it had... Amir Khan, uh, of course. Of course. Yes. So (laughs) it had the leading actor of that time, Amir Khan, uh, the leading actress of that time, uh, Karishma Kapoor. And there was a kiss scene in it. And, you know, the the way they depicted the scene was so interesting because uh, all Indian kiss scenes used to happen behind flowers or under a tree. And this was yep. also under a tree. Yep. <laughs> it has to be some kind of tree or flower for sure. Yeah. Very, uh, let, let nature take its course sort of. <laughs> right. Right. They're subliminal messaging. So. Yes. I mean, it's not even subliminal. It's just, it's so 90s. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so um, these guys are making out under a tree. And, and you know, the, the scene starts with, them getting close, you know, just coming in for a kiss, and then the camera just pans out, and they're shooting from like a hundred meters away. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's just yeah. under a tree. You could see them writhing. You can make out that they're making out, but oh my god, we can't see they're making out, and they're actually making out. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not completely yeah. pretend. So this was what I saw growing up, and then contrast that to like a film that came out last year with another, you know, really famous actress Deepika Padukone. Right. And the the entire trailer of that film, Geranya, that came out last year, this mm-hmm. year, I could be wrong is a minute-long make-out montage. <laughs> is this the one that was about a, a, an affair? Was that right? I have like, no idea. Oh. I haven't seen the film. But there's oh, like okay. Sukhanta okay. there is uh, Deepika Padukone. I don't think it did really well, but, you know, just, just seeing that kind of ad on TV and on right. social media, 
It was so right. radical. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I know. You know, I'll tell you, even for me, who's Indian American, I grew up coming to India a lot because of my grandparents. My whole family's in Bombay. It's just my, me and my, parent, my parents that immigrated here. Um, but we would go back a lot to visit relatives. And even for me, I, I grew up watching Bol- all of Bollywood stuff. And like, if I see the Indian content now of the kissing, I'm like, whoa. I mean, like, obviously it's it's great that it's happening. It's amazing. But even for like, it's weird for us to see it because we're so used to like the flower and the tree covering everything, you know? Exactly. Like yeah. um, these um, OTT platforms, like, you know, these uh, video on demand platforms. They've got, right. I saw a TV series that had a threesome scene happening and Holy they God. were like simulating penetration almost. And I was like, wow, what? what the- I'm not prepared for this. Like, I'm, yeah, it's we. I'm like, not, not it's exciting that way, they're just, doing it, but I'm also like, you know, wait, this is not supposed to happen in Bollywood. Like, what's happening? I'm so confused. <laughs> I know, totally. I mean, I'm, totally. I'm very happy that you know we're being a little bit more uh, honest about things that happen. But uh, I think it's it's so unconscious, you know, that ingrained idea of what Bollywood looks like and what TV shows look like in India. Totally. Like, I, I was quite well alarmed for back, lack of a better word. A, that's changing. And you know, the other thing I I realized, like looking back and having watched so many Bollywood movies growing up, the role of women in these 80s and 90s films is horrific. Like when I go back and like watch some of my favorite Madhuri Dikshit role, like whatever it is, I'm like, huh. I was like, this is so not cool. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I didn't realize that impact that had on me um, and a lot of my uh, Indian American girlfriends watching Bollywood films because we would love it, you know, as much as you guys did. But then, un- like, seeing the role of women in these films way back then was so different, and I'm so glad that's changing as well. There's a lot of backlash to it as well, but like, you know, there's a really good um, YouTuber called Only They See, and okay. he reviews he reviews these uh, films in like a very satirical way, but. So many, I mean, I didn't grow up watching a lot of films because, you know, it was very different from the life I led. You know, the kind right. of roles I saw. My mom was like a kick-ass doctor and she was, you know, not... Yeah. not you know, so many popular films say things like, you know, oh, a, a house is only a house if a woman is cooking in it. And it's like right. one of the most popular films, Hamsat Sathya. Right. Yep. All those, so, all those Hamsat, Kuch Kuch, blah, 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 whatever. Like, yeah. it's... I'll listen to it sometimes. I'm like, holy shit, that was really It's such a shame. It's so sexist. (laughs) So like, because of that, I feel like as a family, we never watched too many films. And I feel like that I never grew up like into Bollywood, so to speak, or into films really for that matter. Right. And now when I go back and see it, I'm just questioning all of these people. I'm like, why did you agree to do this? I know. It's really accepting these things. I know it's so bad. I mean, look, even over in Hollywood, it, it was the same way. So it, it's just the mat- a matter of of times changing. But thank God, um, I was like, because this is I want my girls to start watching Bollywood. But I was like, maybe we should start watching like the more recent ones instead. <laughs> so okay, so then the IB, IG page explodes. You get on the cover of Cosmo, I believe. I think that's what I saw. Congrats! That's are were you completely you. blown away? That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was really hugely exciting, especially because I'm like a plus size woman. Um, and there's a lot more plus size acceptance in the US, but not so much in India, especially because I'm a doctor, you know, size size 14 doctor. Oh, my God. How? 
you know, so how is um, that possible? How the two make sense? <laughs> I mean, so ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I, I've grown up reading Cosmo, and then seeing like somebody like me, somebody that looks like me on the cover, it was just, oh wow, you look great. <laughs> I was like, hell yes, this is amazing. It was, uh, it just goes to show people are appreciating. People need to hear what you're saying. People need it. So Thank many you. women need it. And men, right? Like, yeah, it's a yeah. voice that I'm sure people have been dying to hear and have been just too scared to, like, do it themselves, right? So not to sound cheesy, uh, but I, it is very brave of you to do all this. It's not easy. I, I can't imagine that you're not getting backlash from this. See, that's the thing. That's what I find quite amusing because to me, this is not brave. And that's what I want the world to know. This is, this okay. is not, I'm talking about something we all have and we all do. Um, and because it's been so normalized to me during my childhood. Right. That I'm just, you would talk to your friends about, you know, I made butter paneer yesterday. I'm talking about, right. you know, having sex. Yes. <laughs> this yeah. is stuff I see every day. No, totally. Like, what's the, uh, what's the best size of a penis? Why not? Let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah, we we talk about what's what's the best haircut, and this this haircut trims your face better, and you shouldn't wear vertical stripes. You should wear vertical stripes. Horizontal stripes make you look, you know, larger or whatever. Right? And why not talk about penis size as well? I, I really wish we kind of move to that sort of space, and everybody moves to that. That's where I that, that's what my world, my my utopian, uh, you know, dream is. Right. But yeah, there is a lot of backlash, very honestly, and. I'm able to have perspective about it. How do you deal with it? Do you just ignore? I think there's two ways that this works out for me. The first thing is that I'm able to have perspective about it because I live in Allahabad in UP, which is a small, it's, it's not a small place. It's a very big place, but it's it's not, um, it's a sleepy old university town, essentially. Right. And I know the kind of background we all come from. So I know the kind of background that is there in most of India. I'm not talking about metro cities. So I, I have a different perspective compared to a lot of, you know, these creators and these um, activists that grew up in big cities where these conversations are a little bit more normal. Right. So I, I know where we're all coming from. I know how, just how regressive we are in so many ways. So it's, it's anytime you challenge somebody's views, of course, there's, it takes a lot of maturity to accept or change in what you believe in. Right. And it, it takes a lot of self-awareness. It takes a lot of questioning your own ideas, something you not really grow up with, you know. Very paternalistic environment in India. Parents will tell you what to do and you will do that for the rest of your life. Yeah, totally. Like, uh, most people in India have have their ways. I mean, a lot of places. And just, it's, it is really hard, the older people get, to change the way they think or have these kind of conversations. So what's been maybe a common question or questions you've received the past few years, like with sex and, and body positive talk and all that stuff. I mean, we, we, the digital natives, so to speak, right? The, this generation. Right. And we grew up in an environment where we see these hyper edited um, bodies and, you know, pornography is something that came with my generation as well. We, we grew up on pornography. That's the generation. Right. right. So I really appreciate Vintage Paul for its diversity that way. Obviously not in terms of race, but in terms of bodies. Right. But the kind of bodies we've grown up seeing are not very realistic. No, for sure. And uh, the 90s was like all heroin chic. So like really, really thin bodies. And that was the ideal. 
there was no diversity. I feel like that has led a lot of people to questioning their own self-worth in relation to size of certain body organs, um, in relation to you know how their skin looks and things like that. So most of the questions I get are about, is my vagina too loose from having sex? Is my penis too small? Um, are my boobs too small? Are my boobs too big? They're sagging. How can I fix that? Um, a lot of sort of these these sort of questions and a lot of period-related right. questions. Um, because right. again, periods are a very taboo subject globally, uh, more so in India also. I know. And then um, a lot of questions about masturbation. Yeah, I was gonna. I was assuming masturbation is a common one because that's probably out of all the topics, the one that it, it's you know you don't really talk to your friends about or ask. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't really have a place to go ask about it, right? And so it feels like. Hey, man, had a great jerk off session last night. Yeah. What about you guys? What did you jerk off to? <laughs> I mean, I like I, I said, I have an eight and five year old. Kids start exploring at this age. It's, it starts with children. You know, even, even children are trying to figure out what that all means. So I definitely am going to have to get your children's book. <laughs> so <laughs> where, A, what's, it, what's the name of it? And then where can we find it? Okay, so it's it's not a children's book. It's anybody over the age of like thirteen or so can read it. Okay. Um, it's not like it's not a sex book. It's a body book. Let's okay. put it that way. That's good. Yeah, there is of course you know, I'm talking a lot about contraception, but I feel like again that's coming more from a, like a body understanding angle as opposed to a sex angle. I don't really cover sex a lot. Okay. And it's called the Doctor Cutris book. We didn't think a lot on the name. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> It's available in India at the moment for pre-orders. We go live on the 12th of December, after okay. which you can also find it on Kindle globally. And then in a couple of months, we're going to launch globally as well in terms of physical copies. Well, I wish you the best and I feel like it's going to do really well. And it's something that India needs. And we all, everyone, you know, it's such an important topic for kids of that age that are already questioning stuff anyways. And so why not talk to them, you know? <laughs> um, and be open. So, I mean, I just I told you, I just had a talk with my eight-year-old, almost nine-year-old. I'm like, oh my God, hey, Bhagwan. It's already started. So. Oh my. <laughs> but I, was, uh, I was, I'm pretty chill about it. I was very honest, told her everything. You know? <laughs> Yay, like, I love that. Everything and how she was, how I got pregnant. And she was like, daddy did what? I know. I was like, I know, sweetheart, but I was like, it's all. Then you talk about consent and what that means, and how it's not a negative thing. How sex is is a positive thing if it's done right and with the all of all of it, girl. I was talking. I was like, we went for a thirty minute walk, and then afterwards, I was like, can I get a shot of tequila? Because that was. (laughs) (laughs) You have made my whole day by telling me. Honestly, I'm so happy to hear that. I like the, the the fact that consent was involved. Yeah. 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 I just didn't want it to be scary. You know, like I didn't yeah. want her to feel like yeah. this was something bad. I was like, no, it's something fantastic. It's just at, a, at the right time, at the right, with the right person. Right. And then she started asking about, well, girls can do with girls. I'm like, can we talk about the gay thing? Like next, next walk now. <laughs> I'm like, mommy, that's definitely an, a, an important talk and we need to do it. Yeah. But mommy needs like a one day break and then we'll go on to the next one. Yeah. Two more shots of tequila, please. Two more shots. Four more shots. <laughs> I, just, I, I just, I just watched that show. So. Oh yeah, that's who I did my first Bollywood live with, actresses from that show. Yeah. Lisa Ray's a friend of mine, actually. We were, I oh, worked sweet. with her. 
on a film set many, many years ago. So she she got on the pod last year. But yeah, she's she's I love her. She's awesome. A few like kind of fast round quick questions. So who would be your ultimate collaboration? Who would you love like are dying to work with? The Yin the UN. Okay. Yeah, like, like on, on, like, on like a, UNICEF or something like that. Like something okay. on a policy level, I think. You know, it's great to do social media work, but like if we get right. policy level change, that's gonna be a banger. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. Put put it out. There. I'm always a I'm a big believer in putting stuff out there and in the universe, right? You never know. <laughs> what would you say your ultimate vision is with all of this? Like this IG page, everything that you're doing right now, what what would you like to see happen in 10, 20 years? Oh, uh, I have like a very uh, sustainable development goals plan. <laughs> but okay. The ultimate end goal is like, I don't want this conversation to be radical. This should not be radical. This is a very normal thing. And um, I want people to be more understanding and accepting of their bodies, especially periods, especially genitals. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, I love it. Make it a positive talk. And then what would you like to be known for? At the, I mean, you have a very long way to go, but at the end of your career, what would you like to have kind of, what kind of impact would you want to have? The first thing, I do want to introduce the HPV vaccine in the immunization protocol, the national immunization protocol in India. Currently, it. it's like 10,000 rupees a pop and you need to get three shots. It's like, Three thirty thousand rupees, which is like some two hundred dollars or something, right. which is you know, affordable for most of India. Right. A that, B, just bringing some policy level change in terms of period education. Right. Something to change on the fundamental level. I'm I'm on board for sex positivity. I love that, but uh, yeah, that's not enough. We need so much more. Yeah, so much work to do. I know it's kind of overwhelming. I know the book is coming out. Any other future projects that you can talk about that you're working on right now? I don't know if I can talk about them. Oh, man. <laughs> can you give a hint? <laughs> Something similar to what we're doing right now. Okay. I feel like I have an idea. <laughs> That's awesome, man. If it's what I think it is, I'm here to support. And if you need any advice, I'm sure you have a team. But yeah, I, I am uh, also happy to help. I've done this for two years Thank now. You. So it is, it oh, is wow. awesome. So appreciate it so much. Thank you. Oh my God, how cute is she? I want to take her in my pocket and just keep her. You guys, you can follow Dr. Tanya on her IG page, which is Dr. Cuterus. Get it? Cuterus. Cute. Uterus. Oh, come on. It's so good. And uh, keep an eye out for her new book, which comes out next month, uh, especially think launching in India first and then all over internationally. Thank you guys for listening. I am like still recovering from Thanksgiving. Like I, I did the whole thing. I ate, slept, ate again. I mean, it was so good and so bad at the same time, but so needed. I might officially be recovered from this move now. It took me like four months, but I think I'm there. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I will see you guys next week. This is Tuckered Out. Out.